The Ontario Court of Appeals has delivered its decision regarding Trinity Bible Chapel's charter challenge, and to no one's surprise, an unaccountable and unrepentant state and judiciary act just like petty tyrants. Derek Reimer, director of Mission 7 Ministries, was thrown out of a drag queen story hour protest and later arrested by police officers because, to no one's surprise, the Rainbow Alphabet Mafia are untouchable. And finally, we look at a number of stories surrounding doctor-assisted murder and suicide, deceptively called MAID, and to no one's surprise, godless ideologies produce a culture of death, destruction, and human suffering. Doug Wilson has once said something to this effect, that whenever someone says there's no God, they immediately want to get a promotion and fill his position. Everyone who claims to reject God and who ultimately hates God wants nothing more than to be God. The state wants to be sovereign. The rainbow alphabet mafia demands worship. And the medical elites want to hold the keys of life and death in their hands. But this is what the true and living God says in Isaiah 43, 10 to 11. Before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord. And besides me, there is no savior. Amen. It's March 7th. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is Liberty Dispatch. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. We're so thankful that you have joined us on the program. As always, we would ask that you would interact with our content wherever you're getting it from. Not YouTube this week, because we got suspended again for covering the lab leak theory, which you still can't apparently talk about on YouTube. But you can get us over at the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. That's flfnetwork.com. And they also have a very snazzy, very handy application over there which you can also get us on which you can get all our content as well as the myriad of other great shows on the network on demand on your phone whenever you want it so definitely go over to your google player app apple app store and check that out we also have a website where you can check out all things liberty coalition canada libertycoalitioncanada.com that's libertycoalitioncanada.com go over there sign up for our email list and also check out all the various shows and initiatives that we have going on over there also while you're over there we would ask that you prayerfully uh, consider leaving a donation to us because that helps us continue to build this institution continue to push back against mainstream media and let's be honest just cover things that they will not talk about even some conservative voices are squeamish on a lot of the stuff that we cover on the program so we come with uh, unapologetic Christian worldview analysis of news and events and culture, and that's why you ought to support us in what we're doing over here. Also, you can reach out to us directly um, at mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. That's mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com. Please do that. We love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, question of the episode. In a little bit, we're going to be showing a video clip from Matt Walsh's show where he 
criticizes a very confused man named Dylan Mulvaney. And the question that we want to ask now is, what do you think about Walsh's comments? And there were mm -hmm. a lot of people professing Christians and conservatives who said he was very, very not nice. <laughs> I mean, he was just a, he was a meanie. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Did he go too far? Did he not go far enough? Was he right on? We would love to hear your thoughts. Reach out to us, mailbag at libertycoalitioncanada.com, and tell us your thoughts on Matt Walsh's comments. You know, friends, you might think that woke politics and medical tyranny have destroyed the Canadian workplace, but did you know that many companies are standing up and saying no? Thousands of companies in North America have pledged to honor free speech and medical privacy at redballoon.work. And redballoon.work is here in Canada, posting jobs and people looking for work as well. So business owners, you can find top tier values aligned talent and get help building an uncancelable pro freedom workplace. Job seekers, Find a courageous company that shares and protects your values. Go sign up today at redballoon.work slash LCC. Again, that's redballoon.work slash LCC. Our first story isn't new to our audience. We had a brief update last week when the decision from the Ontario Court of Appeals was given. And this is regarding Trinity Bible Chapel and their appeal to the Ontario court after their charter challenge was squashed by the Superior Court of Ontario. And so just a little bit of a timeline update so everyone knows where we are. I'll also say that in the update that we did, I, I forwarded it to Jacob and I was informed of some factual inaccuracies, which I posted in the comments. So if you go look at that update in the actual comments, I clarify them. So what I want to do is set the record straight and I hope I get it right this time, although I'm not opposed to repenting of my wrong and saying I didn't get it correctly. But to the best of my knowledge, as I've been informed, in the spring of 2020, Trinity Bible Chapel brought their charter challenge to the Ontario Superior Court, claiming that their Section 2 charter rights, the freedom of assembly and worship, were violated by the public health mandates, which were on top of the fact that the mandates were unscientific and useless, right? So this is, their rights were violated by lawless, unscientific mandates and being told that you need to limit capacity or go online, for example, that this was unconstitutional. So from these proceedings, Justice Pomerantz agreed that Trinity's rights had been violated, which is good. However, said that it was justified because of the pandemic via Section 1 of the Charter. So Trinity appealed that decision before a three-panel judge with the Ontario Court of Appeals in December of 2022. On March 1st, so this is last week, the Ontario Court of Appeals released their decision squashing Trinity's appeal and agreeing with the Superior Court of Ontario. So the Court of Appeals cited Justice Pomerantz and put it this way. The motion judge, that's Justice Pomerantz, found that the, the numerical or percentage capacity limits imposed on religious gatherings, either indoors or outdoors, infringe Section 2A. 
The existence of alternate methods for delivering religious services did not attenuate the infringement at this stage, given the religious significance of the collective in-person experience to the appellants. In other words, their charter rights were clearly violated, and given the significance of in-person gathering to worship, online and reduced capacity gatherings could not guarantee their rights were being upheld. Yes, that's exactly right. The rights were violated, and telling them go online or go fifty percent is not. It's that's that you, that so that far so good. Not <laughs> mitigate against the rights being violated. So that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. However, the court concluded, quote. The motion judge found the challenged regulations infringe the appellant's right to freedom of religion under Section 2A of the Charter, but were justified as a reasonable limit on that right in a free and democratic society. And I'll just insert right now, we don't live in a free and democratic society. We live in a tyrannical, totalitarian soft fascistic society so aside from that continues while there may have been other ways to address the ongoing threat of the pandemic the motion judge had quote no difficulty finding that ontario's choices fell within the range of reasonable alternatives the decisions made by public officials were supported by sound medical opinion side note no they were not not at all because trinity provided their own medical experts to totally demolish public health's medical experts, so to speak. It was imperative to take meaningful and timely steps to protect the public from a deadly and unpredictable virus, and the measures were an eminently reasonable means of achieving public protection during the throes of a deadly pandemic. That's all false, by the way. Just, I mean, not only do we know that now, but we knew that back then. We knew that back then, given the nature of the virus, how it transmits, the actual data regarding the deadliness of the virus, and masks, and surface sanitation. We knew all this back then. These were the experts. This was the evidence that was brought forward by Trinity Bible Chapel and anyone who understood what was actually going on. So they weren't reasonable. They weren't meaningful. They weren't timely. The virus wasn't as deadly as they were saying. So this is how Judge Pomerantz concluded this section which the Ontario Court of Appeals affirmed. Ontario met its burden to establish that the challenged regulations were reasonable limits demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. So there you have it. Your rights were violated, but it's okay because it was really, really dangerous, even though it wasn't. <laughs> and uh, it, it was all, it was on the, 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 the Ontario, they, they did a good job. They did the best they could, everyone. Just get off their backs, you know? Like, they, they tried really hard to keep you all safe. So, whatever. Sorry, no church. And, and it's hard to imagine, Andrew, that this line of reason, reasoning by these judges uh, is anything but establishing a divine right of the state bureaucrats to do whatever they want. And they're showing extraordinary deference to the state at all uh, points in these decisions. And, and that's the reality of the situation is the, the reality 
is, as we've said so many times on the program, is essentially the fundamental rights and freedoms that Canadian citizens have laid out in the Charter. They don't exist. They're not fundamental natural rights given to you by God and inalienable. That's not what the Charter lays out. Essentially, these are just state privileges that apparently the state can give and suspend as they see fit. And even in cases where, I mean, all all over this pandemic, we've seen the court say, oh yeah, this is undoubtedly a case of violating Canadian citizens' rights to the fundamental things that they are guaranteed under the charter, except what? The stick, the, the, the limitations clause, which essentially allows the state to um, you know, cudgel uh, people back from resting on their fundamental rights, and it gives just wide deference to the courts to just judge as they see fit, um, it, determining over and over and over again that the state can just trample on people's rights and not be held accountable, and they can do it um, based off of, despite them saying this was. Uh, well-founded in sound medical opinion what we realize is that's not the case it's it might have been an opinion but it was not sound and that's what the the exact arguments that were being brought in opposition to but the here's the the play um they were sound because they were the talking points of the state this, they, th- this was the narrative that they were putting out. Therefore, it is sound, despite it not being actual sound science or medicine. Yeah, only so, one, only one group of medical experts were were accepted. Right, the reality exactly. is you had a, so. And and what's curious to note is that if you represent the state yeah. and your medical experts who are employed by the state you would think that one might consider a potential conflict of interest to say, well, clearly they're they're going to find in favor of the state, whereas medical experts who are objective in, in the sense that they're not actually employees of the state, that you would put weight there. Mm-hmm. But Justice Pomerantz and apparently the Court of Appeals is saying there are only one group of medical experts that we're going to that we're going to affirm and they yeah. also happen to be those who were employed by the very state that's infringing on the right yeah exactly so and that's this not is, corrupt at all this yeah exactly and this is not how science works right this would be like saying the geocentric model of the, the way that the 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 world orbits uh, or uh, of like the space where everything orbits around earth is sound science no 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 it was accepted science for a long time and it actually did a very good job explaining a lot of the natural phenomenon that we see and everything um but it's not sound science because it was accepted science because that's what science does it by the way we just we just lost we just lost some flat earther subscribers right there (laughs) well good they're gone uh anyways (laughs) uh anyways because science comes and critiques these hypotheses and then we can through good science understand that while it was accepted science for a long time it isn't good science it wasn't sound science and that's exactly what they don't want to seem to realize andrew and we were talking about this before we got on that the reasoning in in this case is 
sure we now know that's not sound science but Mm -hmm. at the time it was accepted science therefore the state's allowed to just arbitrarily rule um based on that and based on that we will not hold them accountable and that's and i think i think that's i think that's the most disturbing part of all of this so the reality is we know what the charter's about like it's not like anyone's surprised by the limitations clause being invoked here in order to squash the right so in that sense that's 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 fair game that's Mm -hmm. common knowledge but for me in this whole thing the most disturbing bit is the decision with regard to hindsight Right. So I, w- I want to read um, mm-hmm. what the Court of Appeals submitted when they're when they're speaking about Justice Pomerantz and 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 the judge's decision regarding hindsight. So this is what the Court of Appeals says. The motion judge did not err by declining to evaluate the challenged regulations through the lens of hindsight. Hindsight is not the standard. Hindsight is not the lens through which to assess government action in this case. Close to two years into the pandemic, we know more than we did in the past, but historical measures must be understood against the backdrop of historical knowledge. The question is not what we know now. It is what was reasonably known and understood at the time of each impugned action. So I'll say here, first of all, they don't actually believe that because if they did believe that, we would stop holding all white people responsible for the crimes of their white ancestors, right? No, we have to stop claiming patriarchy because at one time, culture may have believed something about women and subculture may have believed something about non-white people. But given the information at the time, we can't look back on them and say, well, you're guilty and now we're guilty because of their descendants. Like they don't actually, the woke mob doesn't believe this. The woke mob thoroughly believes that you can look back at the past. You can look back at decisions that were made in the past through a lens of modern understanding and critique them and have to say we're sorry for them, except when it's the white cisgender Christians who are on the the other end of the government oppressive stick, then the rules don't apply anymore. So that's nonsense. They don't actually believe that. It's just convenient to say that now because the Christians are the ones who are saying our rights have been violated and it just so happens that they're not a part of an oppressed class. So they can't claim that they're any sort of minority group so that's that's utter and nonsense it's, it's it's also inaccurate to declare that this was hindsight that mm-hmm. we literally had experts on the other side declaring that this was right the great know. barrington the great barrington declaration many doctors from you know very early on in the pandemic well before these cases were um you know well the charges were laid these cases came before the courts all this stuff was um being debated um and and disputed but but that's the thing they're justifying this as oh in hindsight now we know what we know now that the truth has come out but the actual context is this was debated this was fought back against it was just the state silenced every dissenting yep. voice so yep. they're now actually using that and their their draconian you know crackdown of old dissenting voices over the covid narrative now is justification to say oh no 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 we didn't know at the time cuz we weren't listening to anybody except for state actors but now it's just we're looking back in hindsight and that's not fair 
that's not how any yep. of this works. That's not how well, any of it works. But he, they is, use it as a justification for tyranny. Well, this is what. So they continue here. The 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 a court of appeals continues with their decision. The appellants point out that when reviewing legislation, courts frequently rely on contemporary knowledge and understanding, as well as evidence of subsequent of the subsequent effects and application of the measures. The respondent counters that evaluating uh, evaluating the challenged regulations based on information that was not available at the time would set an impossibly high standard for governments to justify an infringement. Section one should not require governments to predict the future or prevent them from acting on imperfect information. That's complete garbage because we did have all the information. I remember reading <laughs> articles from Stanford, mm -hmm. Harvard and Oxford back in March 2020 mm -hmm. saying that based on their assessment of the information, the case fatality rate for COVID-19 was somewhere between 0.25 and 0.5 percent, not mm -hmm. the 3 percent death numbers we were given. So all the information was there. So that's not true. And mm -hmm. requiring governments to predict the future. Hold on a second. That's exactly what they want to be in the business of. Yeah. They want to With be in the business of, be, of being able to predict what you will or won't do and then punish yeah. you for it. So, again, it's we need yeah. to be able to see through this and, and understand that when it fits them, when it benefits them, they will invoke these ideas, principles and practices mm -hmm. to punish yeah. certain groups. But when it's about furthering their agenda, then they'll say, sorry, we can't operate here. And then behind it all, and this is why I started by saying this is disturbing. What we have is a state and a judiciary that says we will not repent. We were wrong, and it doesn't matter that we were wrong. We are still going to go forward with this. We're not going to ask for forgiveness, and we're not going to change anything we do. It would be like having someone who spends 10, year in, 10 years in prison, even though it finds you find out they were innocent, and then they try to sue rightfully so civilly saying hey because of your bad investigation mm -hmm. i'm i'm in prison for 10 years and then the state says uh, oopsies sorry nothing you can do yeah. we thought we were right at the time mm -hmm. this is the state wanting to be god being unaccountable it's evil it's evil and it's yeah. it's vile and it's godless and and the question is not whether whether or not the state was like could the, the question should be could the state have known this at the time and the answer is absolutely. absolutely. Many people yep. were saying these things from very early on. So it's not hindsight. It's totally obnoxious to suggest that, oh, in hindsight, we know all this stuff. But <laughs> the problem is we could have known it now. And it, it, it galls me. To see this justice say, oh, this would set an impossibly high standard for the government to justify trampling on your uh, rights yeah. and freedoms, your fundamental rights and freedoms. Don't Good. Hold us responsible. Good. Yeah, you can't hold us responsible for destroying your freedoms. What, what kind of world is that? That's what they're saying. Yeah, well, and good. The government should have a very high bar that they need to meet in order to trample Canadians fundamental rights and freedoms that should be obvious right i i think the limitations clause shouldn't exist governments don't have the right to trample on human beings natural rights and freedoms for any reason 
It's a negative right against others that we possess. Therefore, state actors or your neighbors or anyone else does not have the right to violate those things. So it should be an impossibly high standard. (laughs) So that would be a good thing. But essentially what this would force the government to do is not engage in political science but actual science because they would be held accountable to therefore listen to both sides of the debate and make reasonable judgments based off of that they would be slow to enact these draconian tyrannical measures that take away people's charter rights and freedoms because the burden of proof would be so high. That would be a good thing. But what this justice is saying, that is a bad thing. The state should not have to clear a high bar to violate your rights and freedoms. And we want to make that legal precedent. That is what this judge is doing. That is what we're dealing with in Canada. That is wickedness. That is a wicked judge. That is a wicked ruler. And um, they, they will have to give account for how they exercise the authority vested in them by Jesus in the way that they're judging. And I also want to point out, Andrew, to a friend of the show, Tabitha Ewart, was saying really disturbing in the decision as well, uh, something that she found very disturbing. And she's seen it throughout because she was working on the um, Manitoba court challenges case uh, that ARPA intervened in when she was working with them. And she said, Over and over and over again, the courts have even realized, Andrew, that they were that they put restrictions on gatherings and churches that they did not put on other facilities like, you know, using public uh, transport, uh, going to the grocery store, going to school, stuff like that. But they have said that in the interest of preserving economic activity or, you know, a public good like education, mm. you know, they they had to allow for those to remain open. The only problem is the most fundamental freedom is not those things. That's yeah. not laid out in the charter. Traveling, what, traveling is, <laughs> what, what is laid out in the charter is freedom of worship freedom of religious uh expression those things but second like section six for example is the freedom to travel inside or outside of the country but even still section section six comes after section two yes very first thing in the charter is assembly and then five sections later they say oh travel also but there's there's clearly a hierarchy in the yes, charter the, itself. There is always a hierarchy in 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 human rights, right? Uh, you know, the right. That's what when I do pro life work, the right to life is presupposed. Like all other rights, presuppose that you're alive, right? Otherwise, they're superfluous. There, there's necessarily this hierarchy of rights and religious freedom. That it's not an accident that it appears first, <laughs> because that has it's a part of the British common law tradition. That that is the root freedom. Um, uh, coming out of life to worship and and believe what you what you feel um, and worship according to conscience. So, anyways, this is some seriously bad stuff, and um, it sets a bad precedent for other churches too. Because oh. what we've been, I think, what we've seen is that a lot of a lot of church court cases have been put on hold, seeing how this mm-hmm. plays out. And so, as we kind of wrap this up, I want I want to say, please be in prayer for. Uh, mm-hmm. the the elders and the people at Trinity Bible Chapel. Um, really, mm-hmm. all that's left for them would be to appeal this to the Supreme Court of Canada. If the Supreme Court takes the case, you know, if they don't take the case, then 
And then that basically means that at this point, they're going to have to go to trial. And from what we've seen, they'll almost certainly be found guilty. Mm-hmm. And then the penalties are quite, I mean, <laughs> the, the maximum penalties in terms of fines and imprisonment are, mm-hmm. are rather large. So be praying for the church, be praying for the people yeah. um, that at the very, at the very le- you know, the, at the very beginning, that God would turn the hearts of evil, wicked rulers to do what is just, mm-hmm. and that he would bring about a godly conclusion to this. And if that's not what the Lord has in store, that he would build the faith of the people at Trinity Bible Chapel and strengthen mm-hmm. them to obey Christ. And I know that they're ready to pay whatever cost is needed to worship the Lord, uh, but we want to pray for their strength as they as they step into that. Yeah, absolutely. And Andrew, um, you you provided a, a good quote here um, that I think is worth mentioning before we wrap up. And this is from Erwin Lutzer from When a Nation Forgets God. And it says, when God is separated from government, we are forced to accept arbitrary laws. And that's necessarily. Um, either God is the lawgiver or man is. Either we derive our laws from theistic universal values, or we say that the individual countries or cultures are the lawgivers. Either God is supreme or the state is supreme. There is no in-between. Um, it's it's whether or which. Um, you'll have God rule or man rule. In the British common law tradition, in Canada's tradition, in the state's tradition, we come from many... Uh, centuries of working out the principle of lex rex that is the law is king that is higher law is king that is the universal law of god is king over all men no matter the state that they're in and this when we forget god as a nation is what we're left for with and that's the danger of a lot of what we're talking about on the program today Well, friends, separating money from the state is a core tenet of Bitcoin's ethos, a permissionless network where the individual is in full control and accountable for his own property. Bull Bitcoin, Canada's most trusted exchange since 2013, is built around this ethos and leverages it in its mission to end central banks forever. At Bull Bitcoin, where security and privacy are priority, they take it upon themselves to help empower individuals with the most potent form of money the world has ever known. Head to mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC today and get started with your accounts creation. Contact Bull's best in the business customer support team at any point in the process. Mission.bullbitcoin.com slash LCC. Take control of your money. Our second story, this is another example of some group of people or body or organization wanting to be God. And in this case, whereas the state is demanding or the state is dictating what worship is and also being able to limit our rights as they see fit, here we have the Rainbow Alphabet Mafia demanding worship. And if you dare blaspheme and speak out against their false gods, you are to be punished. So we we now see that we live in a country where gathering to worship and obey Jesus can be limited or suspended by the state. We also see that having a having professing Christian beliefs when they oppose the woke rainbow alphabet mafia and get you quite literally assaulted 
these same beliefs can be the pretext for you to get arrested. This brings us to Derek Reimer, director of Mission 7 Ministries, a street preaching and homeless care ministry in Calgary. He was thrown out, literally thrown out of a drag queen story hour protest and later arrested by police because apparently he assaulted the floor too hard when he was thrown down to it by the real criminals who want to sexualize our children and destroy families and the fabric of our very society. Now, Tucker Carlson had something to say about all of this, and we're going to watch a clip from him now. I also want to note, you're going to hear Tucker a few times refer to him as a pastor, just for the sake of being clear. Uh, Derek Reimer isn't a pastor at a church. He runs the Mission 7 Ministries. That's it by way of clarification. Let's, uh, let's see Tucker's take on this, because it's a good one. They're targeting specifically anyone who is religious, humiliating them in front of their children. Now, why are they doing this? Well, because on some level, all governments hate religious people because it's competition. And revolutionary governments, totalitarian governments, go after religious people first. It happened in the French Revolution, happened in the Bolshevik Revolution, and it's happening now. That's why parents who dare to complain about their children being sexually indoctrinated and openly sexualized are attacked, in some cases, by the DOJ. Again, you can see why. Young people raised to believe that God is in charge are much harder for the government to control as they grow up. They won't worship the government. But by contrast, if a child is raised to be a narcissist, someone who thinks, well, I can change my gender, he will grow up confused, weak, and reliant on the people in charge of the state. It's a very simple principle. It's why the Maoist government went after Tibetan monks. Anyone who sincerely believes in God is a threat. And that is the measure of a free country in the end. Are you allowed to believe that there's an authority higher than the people in charge of your government? That has always been the hallmark of America, religious liberty. It's in the First Amendment. But in Canada, of course, that's all disappeared. Canada has now become an atheist totalitarian state with amazing speed. And in Canada, it's now a crime to object to sexualized drag shows for children. You're not allowed to say a word. Late last month's month, a pastor in Calgary was violently throw, thrown out of an all-ages, in other words, for children, drag queen story hour for daring to object to the sexualization of children. Watch this. We are now calling the police. Stop. 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 So that's the video. That's what happened. Who committed the violence in that video? The guy on the ground was the pastor. Before we answer the question, some context will remind you that in Canada, showing any disloyalty at all to the Trudeau government could get your bank account frozen and your truck seized. So maybe you're not surprised to learn that that man on the ground, whose name is Pastor Derek Reamer, who showed profound disrespect for Justin Trudeau's ongoing efforts to sexualize children and mutilate the genitals of children, woke up yesterday to the police banging on his door and telling him he was going to be arrested. Why are you showing up in my home? Because this is where you live, right? Yeah, you guys you could call me and we could... Sorry, what was that? You could have called me. I've been trying to. When? This morning. We need to talk about what happened on the weekend this evening, right? Why do we need to talk about it? Because you're going to be arrested for it and charged. Okay. So we can, we can deal with it this morning, or I can just put warrants out for you. Charged with what? Mischief and causing a disturbance. 
the professional Christians, you have to wonder that again. Where's David French and Beth Moore and Tim Keller and all these people who are defending Christianity as actual Christians are being arrested for being Christians? Hmm. Not a word. Well, today, Pastor Derek Reamer confirmed that a warrant was out for his arrest for hate crimes, and he was right about that. He was not overstating it because this afternoon he was literally arrested. Watch. Is there a reason you're blocking me from using the sidewalk? Obstruction, they're working here. I'm not going to obstruct them. Don't worry, I'm not going to run. <laughs> I'm not worried about you. We're just going to stay out of their workspace. You mind if I ask you what he's being arrested for? Are you going to provide your identification? Pardon? Will you provide your ID? It's for you to answer the question? Yeah. Okay. Uh, why is he being arrested? He has warrants. Warrants out for his arrest? This is what happens when we go against the Drake. Wow! That doesn't like the candidate you thought you knew. All Molson and sled dogs or some stormtrooper in sunglasses won't answer a question before you provide your ID. And then the pastor sitting in a car with bars on the windows getting hauled away to jail for being thrown to the ground at Drag Queen Story Hour. There you have it. That yep. is the Canada that we li live in. And right in the police car when he was talking about this is what you get for opposing the rainbow. Mm -hmm. This What we're seeing here is when you call the false god a false god, Mm -hmm. And you say your your God is false, and I won't worship Him. Mm -hmm. Then the prophets of that false God will respond with quite the quite the anger and the violence that we yeah. saw, and then they will use their police force to arrest you. Also, yeah, the intoleristas will come at you if you um, protest that a, a public library over the radical sexualization um, of children through you know. Putting forward drag queens and drag kings at supposed family-friendly events. Like, we live in a clown world, obviously, Andrew, that those words could even be used in the same sentence. That drag queens and drag kings could possibly be engaged in family-friendly events when the, the nature of drag queen story time dra anything to do with drag queen is sexual confusion and gender bending it is this is the q in the lgbtq this is queering we on a program we uh, last week we, we called one program queering the norm and that's exactly what's going on is this is introducing two children radical sexual indoctrination and apparently the only person that's going to get charged in this context is not those who are radically sexually indoctrinating minor children uh it's not even the people who are violently assaulting the the person who's being thrown out of the event um, it's the person who dares say anything it's derek reimer who says this is wickedness um and the, when if you look at how the media portrays it global news ctv they they portray the story as 
man gets thrown out of a LGBT family friendly LGBTQ event for hate speech and for using homophobic slurs and rants and stuff like that. None of that is seen on the video. I can't attest to what he said actually, but I'm intrigued by the fact that they don't use any specific verbiage in the story. So it's all just vague generalizations of him going against the spirit of the age. And therefore he needs to be thrown out of this public event and he needs to be arrested and charged as a common criminal. And that's, that's what's really truly um, galling. Andrew is again, we're seeing that we live in a clown world that uh, we live in a society that is um, declaring that which is evil good and that which is good evil. And the scriptures are abundantly clear that it, it pronounces an oracle of woe on anyone that would dare be so foolish as to make that ethical judgment. And in like manner, Andrew, I want to play for everybody a clip from Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. He has his own show over there. Um, I appreciate some of the stuff Matt does. He's a Roman Catholic. There's a lot of uh, epistemological uh, issues I take with Matt, and there's a lot of things that we would disagree on. But his take on um, one of these radical groomers named Dylan Mulvaney, who is making a famous uh, degrading and bastardizing femini femininity through wearing woman face over and over and again. He posted a despicable video talking about, oh, I'm so hot, I could steal people's husbands. And this is what Matt Walsh had to say in response to those comments by comments by Dylan Mulvaney, and it created a big controversy. But let's listen to what Matt has to say, and then we'll comment on it. Since I have two daughters and a wife, uh, I take this kind of thing personally, which is why I have to say to Dylan, Dylan, if that is the most attractive you will ever look, then I don't even want to imagine what you'll look like when you're at your ugliest. You do not pass as, a, as an attractive woman or as a woman at all. Uh, even with 50 pounds of makeup and plastic surgery and clever lighting tricks, even then you still cannot escape what you really are and what you will always be. You have successfully shed whatever parts of you were masculine, perhaps, at least on the surface. Nobody would ever describe you as masculine or manly, so you've got that going. But your femininity quotient has not increased at a rate commensurate with the loss of your masculinity. Um, you may not be masculine, but you also aren't feminine. Instead, you are you are weird and artificial. You are manufactured and lifeless. You are unearthly and eerie. You are like some kind of human deep fake. That's what you are. You are a man deprived of all the best qualities of men, but without any of the best qualities of women. Even your personality is contrived. Everything about you is fake. Nothing about you rings true. Nobody buys the act. You'll never be accepted as a woman by anyone. Never by anyone. Even the people who pretend to accept you as a woman are only pretending because they're afraid of being lectured if they don't. Or because they want to use you as a platform to virtue signal. But everyone who looks at you will see something pitiable and bizarre, something utterly unfeminine in every way. You will never be able to actually have the identity that you're trying to appropriate, nor will you ever be able to fully escape the identity that you're fleeing. The best you can hope for is some kind of limbo, the worst of all worlds. And yet, even in that limbo state, you will still be a man. Just not one that any of us can respect or take seriously.
But other than that, champ, you're doing great. Andrew, that was the clip by Matt Walsh, Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, that I wanted to bring into the discussion because I can't help but think, you know, there was a lot of controversy over what Matt said because a lot of people, including big conservative media types, were railing against Matt and his words because of their... Because he didn't spineless pull any jelly, <laughs> their spineless jellyfish, soft, effeminate male nature. That's why. They yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he and he certainly doesn't pull any punches. And before I kind of throw it over for you for further comment, I just wanted to highlight the fact that Doug Wilson did a Doug responds video to this, which I'll link in the description below. It was a good one. It was a really. It good was one. a really good one. Um, and the 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 part that really stuck out to me is. We talk about the spineless jellyfish, you know, uh, nature of a lot of the winsome Christians, right? Uh, and I think Doug hits the nail on the head when he says people in our culture, in, including a lot of conservative media types, including a lot of evangelical Christian leaders like the Tim Kellers, the, you know, uh, the the people that Tucker Carlson touched on in his video, let's just say that. They would rather be thought loving, this is what Doug said, while actually being cruel, than perceived to be cruel while actually being loving. And that's what you're seeing in this clip by Matt Walsh. Are his words cutting? Yes, it's a serrated edge. But the point that we need to understand as Christians is love is not a catch-all term, what Dr. Joe Boot has called an elastic panacea. That is like um, a catch-all phrase that you can just twist at will. Or, or you know, Martin Luther uh, would, would use the term a wax nose, that you can just twist whatever way you want, right? Um, that's not what love is. Love is objective. Love is full of content for the Christian. So in that case, despite what the spirit of the age tells us, it is defined by the law of God. It has content. And that law, which is the law of love, reflects the very nature and character of the God who is love. And that way, we can't love our neighbor as ourselves by telling them lies. It is actually, conversely, loving to tell our neighbors the truth, even if it might be harsh, even it might be a serrated edge. In fact, when you go out and you do um, evangelism, what are you often doing? You're bringing the law of God to bear on the lives of sinners, which ought to, if you're holding it up as a mirror, it ought, it, it ought to show them their ugliness, their unworthiness. It ought to shut their mouths as a muzzle, and then it ought to direct them to the truth. All those aspects of the law of God come to bear on the lives of people. So shutting up the lives of the eustreperous the, against the ungodly, of the ungodly is an aspect of Christian apologetics. Also showing sin for all its ugliness and not compromising 
uh, truth for the sake of peace, not killing it on the altar of peace. That is an aspect of of being a prophetic Christian. The one aspect that has caused prophets of God for, throughout all ages to be persecuted, to be killed, to be um, roundly rejected by the age because they're speaking directly and bolding, boldly into it. So I think... Uh, these two conversations uh, of Pastor Reimer, or uh, sorry, um, of Derek Reimer, who, who runs that ministry, as you've made mention, he's not actually a pastor at a church. Um, and and Matt Walsh just point out the fact that the way that our culture goes, um, conservatives are usually caught on the wrong foot or caught off guard because we accept the idea that love is what everyone else perceives it to be. And as Vadi Bakum's fond of saying, you know, our culture believes that the 11th commandment is thou shalt be nice, and we don't believe the other 10. And that cannot do for Christians. Yeah, and again, what we need to see here is the, the alphabet rainbow mafia is trying to tell us something that only God can tell us. Right. When Jesus is approached about the subject of divorce in Matthew 19, he says, haven't you heard that he who made them male and female made them so from the beginning, going all the way back to Genesis? God alone gets to define what marriage and sexuality are. He alone defines maleness and femaleness. He alone defines sex and gender, which are the same thing, separating them as an artificial separation by woke neo-Marxists and French deconstructionists to try to excise God from the conversation. But God alone gets to define these things. God alone gets to define marriage. But here you have the false God represented by the drag queen story hour prophets and priests trying to push their agenda. And we need to understand that they are trying to do what God alone can do. And so when we say, no, your God is false God, there's one God who alone gets to define these things because your worldview, your transing worldview is destroying kids and destroying lives and destroying families, which destroys cultures. We will come up against opposition. So we can't stop calling out what's going on. We have to stand behind people like Josh Alexander, who are being, sus being suspended and barred and now arrested simply for standing on what is true and saying men are men and women are women and that these worldviews are harmful. So we, we have to tell the rainbow alphabet mafia that they are not God, that there is one God. In the same way, we have to tell the state that that is not God, that there is one God who gets to rule over humans and define human morality and action and gets to set the rules for creation. That's our takeaway from this story. Friends, 10 years ago, most banks were closed on Sunday and were supportive of the biblical family. That's, that's just saying that seems <laughs> wild, but this is where we are because today, now they're trying to trans the kids like Scotia. Yeah, <laughs> they're celebrating anything but God's plan for marriage. The shift has been monumental. I mean, if if you're in TD and they, my, my mom was talking about this, she was over a couple weekends ago. If you're standing in TD and you're looking at all the advertisements on their TV you will see everything represented other than a straight white family. You have all sorts of combinations and minorities of two men or an interracial this, not to disparage 
interracial marriages, not at all, but you'll have everything other than the straight white heterosexual family. That's what's being pushed even in financial institutions. I think it's time we stopped enabling and funding woke financial institutions by entrusting the Lord's money to them. We can't do that anymore. While they still have a monopoly on bank accounts, you don't have to let them profit off your investment accounts while they push their atheistic agendas. Instead, call a privately owned, Christian-run portfolio management firm. Call Rocklink Investment Partners. They will build high-quality investment portfolios for you, for you while providing you with personalized service without the woke. Email rocklink at info at rocklink.com or visit them at www.rocklink.com. That's rocklink with a C. Our final story today continues along this theme of all these groups and institutions that want to be God. First, the state says we are God by suspending your rights and telling you what you can and can't do. And then the alphabet rainbow mafia wants to be God by determining sexuality and gender and punishing people who don't abide by their arbitrary, godless, unscientific rules. And now we're going to talk about made madness where the health establishment wants to hold the keys of life and death in their hand, telling you when life begins and when life ends and when it's moral to terminate life, directly opposed to God's design for life and purposes for the value of life. And so we're going to be touching on about three or four different sub-stories in this broader story. The first one is this. A recently released Angus Reid poll shows that 51, so a very small majority of respondents said they oppose the expansion of medical assistance in dying to Canadians whose sole condition is mental illness. Now, not that they oppose it altogether, because I'm, I'd am i be thoroughly surprised if a majority of Canadians embraced God's design for life. But at the very least, 51% of them said, we oppose it being extended to people for the purpose of mental illness. Meanwhile, 31% support it, and 18% signaled that they don't know or aren't sure, which is which is obscene. How can you not be sure whether or not someone should kill themselves because of mental illness? So they're being a little disingenuous, I think. Support rose 9% compared to 2016. That's a like almost one-tenth of Canadians more support someone killing themselves because of mental illness or having a doctor do it for them. And this is when Angus Reed first Pen asked the question back in 2016. Andrew, pedagogical function of the law. There you go. It's teaching, teaching our <clears throat> yep. fellow Canadian citizens. He can't get around it. Yeah. The rising number of total made deaths in Canada was a good thing, according to four in 10 respondents. So 40% of people were like, hey, the fact that more people are utilizing doctor-assisted murder, that's a good thing, said 40% of our Canadians. The respondents, this is 43%, said Canadians were harnessing more control over end-of-life decision, i.e. Canadians are getting to be their own God. That's what this 43% are celebrating. Roughly 1 in 10 said they would support a person's choice to request made based on the person's inability to afford housing. So if they're homeless, kill themselves, say 10% of Canadians. Golly, this is ghoulish. One in four supported a person's choice to request made based on the person's lack of hope or life meaning. If they are hopeless or feel their life has no meaning, 
25% of the people said you should be able to have a doctor murder you? That's vile. Oh, man. Canada recorded 31,664 assisted deaths between 2016 and 2021 with an average year-over-year growth rate of roughly 66%. In the previous data year, so this is 2022, Canada recorded 10,064 such deaths, a massive increase over the previous year. Now, despite the fact that a majority of Canadians do not support made being extended, doctor-assisted murder and suicide being extended to people because of mental illness, Canada's Federal Doctor-Assisted Murder and Suicide Committee, they call it their, their MAID committee, Right, but but really, that's what it is. It is a doctor-assisted murder-suicide committee. They believe that mature minors should have access to legally killing themselves if they suffer from mental illness. The report, a real report from a real federal committee, reads as follows. The committee believes that eligibility for MAID should not be denied on the basis of age alone. For that reason... The committee recommends that the government of Canada amend the eligibility criteria for MAID. Minors suffering from a terminal illness will benefit from control over the details of their death, the report argued, such as by being able to plan their death in a moment surrounded by family. Again, telling people they can do what God alone does and they can determine what God alone determines. Another example of a godless entity saying, we hate God and we reject God and he doesn't exist, but we want to be God. We <laughs> yeah. want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And if these false gods, the reality is that the mercies of the false gods are cruel. Mm -hmm. And that's what Proverbs 12.10 says, that even, even a just man treats his beasts justly, but the wicked are so perverse in their thinking that they would treat other human beings with this level of disdain is truly despicable. And this comes out loud and clear, Andrew, in a story from the Toronto Star. And this is an actual story from that horrible no good very bad <laughs> publication and it's truly horrific s stuff life was so intolerable the article reads that carrie wanted to do anything to end it cut herself till she bled with the tweezers that littered her defunct gallery hang herself with the ropes she kept hidden in the storage room swallow a massive dose of prescription meds jump off the neighborhood bridge she asked me to drive to she was too afraid to make the leap on her own and i was too afraid to help her but but our government could have <laughs> despite the fact that this that it's a horrific final solution. I wouldn't choose for myself. Sick people in this country have the right to medically assisted death. And my friend who has a sick brain instead of a sick body should have that same right. If made had been extended to people with mental disorders just a few years ago, my sick friend Carrie might be dead right now. 
but she's not. Darn, I guess. She got better. Uh, <clears throat> great. What a great uh, end. What a wonderful uh, end to the story. It's a good thing she didn't kill herself. Yeah. Because she got better and she persevered. And now she's alive and she loves the... Uh, so great. The sun on her face. Isn't it just wonderful that she ended up not killing herself? What a great end to the story that is. Yeah, but that's not where the article ends, though, Andrew. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> what we... The mercies of the wicked are cruel. <laughs> we have to remember this. The article goes on to say, her me medical condition is in remission. Well, praise God for that. That's wonderful. She clawed herself out of the mania of her mind, and she's working her way back to living her best life. You can't do that without Christ, by the way, but I'll just uh, continue on here. She's grateful to feel the sun on her face, blessed to sense the ground beneath her feet, rather than being six feet under it, lucky to have survived. But if her psychosis were to reoccur and maid became available to carry, she would unequivocally exercise her right to a medically assisted death and because i've witnessed her suffering firsthand this time i think i would drive her that is truly it's the most unloving it's the most unloving thing you could say about your friend too oh right yeah. like you were able to come out of this and here we are on the other end of it and rather than do everything we can to support you and care for you so that you kill you continue to, to facilitate grow. your murder. Yeah. Instead of saying, let's do everything we can to make sure you don't fall back into that. Let's let's mitigate. Let's whatever we need. We've to already do. overcome it. You've already yeah. overcome it. We have let's perfect just, examples. Just so know, that yeah. It's not the end of the road. If it happens again, I'll be the I'll be the one to drive you to your murder. What an awful, unloving that you, that's something an enemy would say. I will and, drive you to your execution. And that <laughs> that needs to be understood in this context because the same people that says what Derek uh, Reimer saying at the Drake's Queen Story Hour is hateful and unloving because he's calling them to repent and turn to Christ. Um, they're the same people who would foreseeably be totally okay with facilitating your friend's death in this way <laughs> it, i mean it's so crazy that this is the country we live in but it's not surprising when it were a country that yep. rejects god rejects his law and if we could andrew we would spit at the very clouds because we hate him so much and that's the reality of our nation and so the question that we have to ask is where does all this lead right this idea of being able to say listen if my friend's falls back into her psychosis i'll be the first one to drive her to kill herself does it lead to freedom does this lead to happiness no of course not it leads to death despair and destruction uh, we want to highlight another story here a canadian doctor assisted murder and suicide provider again that's not what they call themselves but that's what they are they provide assisted murder and suicide lee is the doctor's name li says this this is from mclean's she regrets killing a young person with cancer that had a 65% chance of cure, 65% chance of cure. The person refused treatment and two other maid assessors agreed that they had met the criteria for eligibility. This is what the doctor says. I didn't regret it at first. 
But when I started thinking deeply about how to better safeguard this process, I regretted ending this young person's life. I just parachuted in. I didn't know this patient, and I didn't take the time to have a meaningful discussion with them. I didn't sit down and say, why don't you just try this treatment? If it's as bad as you think it's going to be, MAID will be available. MAID was so new then, and we were all so focused on patient autonomy. Current law has The current law has no place for clinical judgment and no stipulation for meaningful conversation. If it did, this person may be alive today. My opinion is that we shouldn't be providing MAID for mental disorders, and more broadly than that, for chronic illness. I don't think death should be society's solution for all forms of suffering, Lee writes. If someone is suffering because they can't afford housing, do we think that death is the appropriate solution for that? If your suffering is because you can't afford your medication or other structural vulnerabilities, is that a good reason for MAID? Listen to this last sentence. I personally think that this is the medicalization of suffering. This this is unbelievable that this provider of this, she's a death merchant. That's what she is. She is a certified death merchant. And even, and even she, she thinks she it's too paying, cool. Are we going too far? Like, yeah. is it really the case that we should just kill people? But here's the thing. Yeah, this is what a majority of Canadians think that, yes, we should be able to kill them. And, we should be and able to kill them. Andrew, I want to burst the bubble of patient autonomy because that's what everybody's assuming. But mm -hmm. that's not. Which, again, is like, wanting to be God, right? I want to be yes, God. I want yeah. to self-govern. My own it's, law rules the day. Yeah. Theonomy or autonomy, we've we've said it's it's whether it's not whether it's which. Um, totally. No, absolutely. Um but they're actually not autonomous. And this is the point that I need to make. It's the state who determines whether or not you yep. are eligible to receive this sort of treatment. So the one who determines whether or not you're allowed to do this is actually functionally in control of whether or not you're allowed to do it. Therefore, patients are not autonomous in their decision to apply for made they are appealing to the god state who now gets to determine who's eligible to live or die in canada so now you have literally granted the state the ultimate power that only god ought to have and people think we're speaking hyper hyperbolically when we call it a god state this is what we have done. Mm -hmm. And this, Andrew, gets to what C.S. Lewis talks about in The Abolition of Men. Counterintuitively to many, dis the, the destruction of God, the abolition of God has led to the destruction of man. Why? Mm. Biblically speaking, it makes sense because we are his image bearers. You cannot jettison God from your thinking without destroying and degrading man as right. the pinnacle of his creation. Um, so, Andrew, I just want to briefly tie this story into you know, the stories that have come before it here. And uh, one might ask, you know, how does MAID have to do with um, protecting our children from harmful sexualization as it pertains to drag queens and drag kings and and we have this ryan robert skillen was a deeply depressed and suicidal 23 year old in 
2002, who attempted to kill himself with a pipe bomb. That's a pretty extreme way to go. The plan failed, thank God, and he ended up blowing off part of his left hand. Ryan, clearly mentally ill and in need of real help, real care, not killing, decided to do what our culture told him was the best way to deal with his mental illness, and that is pretend to be a woman. He changed his name to Zafana Meadows, presents as a woman, and that fixed everything, obviously, because it does. He's he's living his best life. He's He's being his true self in the Cartesian sense. But that's not how it went. Wrong. It only made things worse. Now 44, this very confused and unwell man wants to kill himself via doctor-assisted murder and suicide. And we know that um, suicide rates in the LGBTQ community are astronomically high, far higher than the general pop. And also, especially when it comes to transgenderism, uh, that those dwarf even, you know, just uh, the other LGBTQ monikers because of just how disordered that view of creation is. Um, he says this. He says uh, he has homicidal thoughts and has a criminal record with nearly dozens of charges, including having been convicted twice for physically assaulting people and listen to what this terribly troubled man had to say this is his words i know that i won't last that long every day is getting harder and harder to function this is post transition everybody harder and harder to maintain control over myself harder and harder to present that normal face to the world I will die by suicide if they delay made. My mind is a battlefield. I'm tired and I'm in great pain and I want it all to end. I'm anti-authority and have narcissistic traits. Kind of what uh, Tucker was talking about. That right there makes it hard, far harder to, for me to be treated. He's been hospitalized involuntarily at least 10 times for suicidal thoughts. And Andrew, while he had hoped that mutilating his body to pretend to be a woman would help, like our friend Dylan Mulvaney, thinking in his warped mind, I'm now a woman, that guy in the past, that guy, I can erase that and move forward. He now realizes what we've been saying over and over again on the program. The mercy of the wicked is cruelty indeed and this is what he had to say they may have given me a couple of gasps of air but my head is still bobbing under the surface i am still very much drowning and he's not alone we know for a fact andrew that suicidality even after transition does not dramatically decrease those suicidal thoughts. So that's why, though our medical professionals and though our culture are trying to say mutilating your body for the sake of gender affirmation, as Orwellian and contra creation as that possibly could be, because it's anything but that. It's the exact opposite creation denying <laughs> care 
harm. Um, even though our culture says all this and, and says this is the loving approach, it is anything but that because our culture does not define what is loving. God's word defines what is loving and mm -hmm. what is loving is not a lie. It's not a delusion. It's not contra-creational, but it's in line with the reality of God's good created world. And that is what we have to say, regardless of what the state says when we say it, regardless of what the legal consequences are, when we proclaim that truth, we have to once again, over and over and over and over again, stand firm on courage of convictions as creational Christians with a creational worldview and stand firmly on what God has revealed to us in his word. And um, Andrew, a wild array of stories, but it all just points to the fact that the mercies of the wicked are cruel. The ways of false gods are slavery death and destruction and the only possible hope is turning from that apostate reality to jesus christ the true king of kings who in him is creating a new humanity to live in righteousness and justice before a holy god yeah and it's it it's at this point where we see a fracture not just in the broader culture but a fracture even within the freedom movement, right? And and the, the point of this episode is to address the the questions, who is God and who gets to make the rules? Who holds the law book and the standard and the ruler in his hand? And who is God? And we see the consequences of it. So when the state says they are God, they create rights, they suspend rights, they make the rules, they make the laws that govern. When the state says that, what you see is innocent people arrested, justice is perverted, and those who desire to do what is actually required of them are punished for it by a state that says, we will not repent and we can't be wrong. Whereas when God is appropriately upon his throne and when the state understands that he is the one who gets to make the rules, then real justice is upheld. Real oppression and real persecution is dealt with and the freedoms given to us by God are protected by the state who's been appointed by God to do it. When you have the cultural woke rainbow mafia saying we are God. We get to determine what sexuality is, and we get to determine what is normal and right and to be celebrated. The result is the sexualization of children, which will inevitably lead to their destruction in the future, quite literally by way of genital mutilation, sterilization, and chemical castration. But it will destroy their spirits and their minds crushing them in the present and devastating any future family life that they would have. Whereas when we say, no, 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 God holds the standards for what marriage and sexuality are. The result is growing, flourishing, thriving families, communities and cultures that are built upon biblical principle for the benefit of humanity and for the expansion of good things into the world. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is when you have the health establishment that says we are God, 
we get to determine when life begins and we can end life at any point. We can end life in the womb. We can end life at one. We can end life at 20. We can end life. Doesn't matter when the God, when the statist scientism health God says we are God, we hold the keys of life and death. What's the result? It's just chaos and destruction. It's a culture of death. It's, it's state appointed death merchants being able to destroy lives of people who need real help and people who even though they're able to turn around and say you know what i overcame this and now i'm alive you still have a culture saying yeah but if you want to kill yourself in the future we're right behind you whereas when you have a health establishment that would be grounded on biblical principles when god again is the one who creates the laws and holds the rule book then what you have are people free to be responsible and people are given right information that would hopefully lead to, again, the health and flourishing and benefit of the broader society. That's that's what we're seeing in our episode. That's what we're seeing in our culture. We're seeing a battle of dueling religions, and we're seeing false gods prop themselves up in opposition to the true and living God. And those gods and their religions and the people who evangelize for that religion, the prophets and the priests for that religion, if you abide in those beliefs, all you have is death and destruction, chaos, the mutilation of human beings, and the utter devastation of culture. Whereas when you submit to the rule and reign of the true and living God, it is always for the good and betterment of humanity, for the flourishing of society, for the strengthening of cultures, and essentially for the good of all of humanity. And we say unequivocally that to deny this God and his rule and reign over creation and to say I'm God or the state's God or the Rainbow Mafia is God or the health establishment is God or anything other than God rules the day looks like freedom, but it's not freedom. It's slavery. Because as we've all seen the last three years, People have both willingly and through coercion enslaved themselves to the state who's mastered them. And all those confused men who are dressed up as women at drag queen story hours, they're not free. They're slaves to their sin, to their passion, helplessly able to do what is right and good. And all these people who think that they're exercising their freedom by being able to kill themselves whenever they want or have doctors murder them at our taxpayer expense, they think they're free they're not free. They're actually enslaved. As Matt said, they don't even get to determine it. It's still the state who says whether or not you are actually you qualify for it, but they're not free. They are a slave to their desires and they're a slave to their pain and their helplessness where we say without exception, the only way to be free is to willingly abide by God's law. That's what mm -hmm. freedom is. Freedom is when I want to do what I ought to do. And it is the willful conformity to the law and commands of God. That is when you are free. Apart from Christ, you cannot be free. He says mm -hmm. as much. If yeah. you are not in Christ, you are a slave to anything and everything. And the mm -hmm. only way to be free when the sun sets you free is to submit yourself as a servant to the king of the universe. That's the only way to find mm -hmm. true freedom. All these false gods, all they promise is slavery and death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's absolutely what we are 
over and over and over again on the program talking about we're talking about ordered liberty that true freedom is also found within a form within a standard that way that's how you d d uh, distinguish between libertinism which is just chaotic anarchic pursuit of supposed freedoms that are not freedoms because they enslave the human person, Andrew, like you're talking about. Um, no, true liberty is the liberty, the freedom to do that which is right, to live a virtuous and righteous life before the law of God. And that's the form which freedom needs to exist in. Otherwise, um, you're in big, big trouble and you've <laughs> submitted yourself not to uh, this, this freedom that you, you want, uh, but you've, you've put yourself under a yoke of slavery uh, to sin. And that is why over and over again on the program, we are talking about the necessity to be set free in Christ because it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And, you ought to stand firm, therefore, and never submit again to a yoke of slavery. Until next time, Galatians 5.1. Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com. Friends, we're posting new content multiple times every week throughout our various shows on this channel. So you're going to want to subscribe to it and hit that notification bell. That way you stay up to date with everything that we're releasing here with the Liberty Coalition Canada.